What's up? Welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermon for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Amen. Amen. So let's move in a bit. And I trust God can really touch you and that your ears and heart will be open to what the Lord shares this morning. Because um, there's, a, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to get to that now. But in the Bible, the word father is used about 979 times from Genesis to the book of Revelation in the, New King, in the King James Version. 979 times. And the father is playing such a, a vital an important role in our lives. And, and Jesus comes, Father is the word that means our supplier, our supplier of everything that we need. That's the word Father. And Jesus comes and he teaches in Matthew 6 and he says, our Father. And, and, and you see, as a, as a family, we need to start because we've been on the theme of family and that God's got a pattern, God's covenant is family and how God works. And as a family, we need to start praying that our Father. You see, it's, a, it's, not a, it's not a me thing, it's a we thing. Come on. It's us. It's not just a me thing. It's we, us, our Father. And there's a principle that 1 Corinthians 15 verse 46, um, 45 and then 46, it says, Thus it's written, For the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it's not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. So he says this first, the law is that it's first in the natural, then in the spiritual. So we're going to look at that. We're going we're to see in the natural first and then take it through to the spiritual this morning. And I'm going to start with the foundation out of the book of 2 Samuel 4, where we find an interesting story. Verse 4, it says, Jonathan, the son of Saul, had a son who was crippled in his feet. And he was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And as she fled in a haste, he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. All right, praise God we don't have those type of names anymore. Amen. Now, Mephibosheth means this, uh, 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 exterminating, or ex- ex- exterminating idols or a, a dispeller of shame. That's, remember what we say, the name is a prophetic utterance of character. That's what a name means. And his name means, we'll, set it, we'll switch it off now. That's not God's glory yet. Amen. Thank you, Yaku. So it means the speller of shame. So his name means something, all right? To kill or exterminate the idol. And, and, and in his name actually makes shame disappear. That's what it says. But in this instance, what happens is there's a tragedy that hits him and he's living in shame. He's living actually under a curse. He's not living to the fullness of God. The child's nurse, she learns that, that his father, Jonathan, and his father, King Saul, fall in battle. They're killed and she takes him from Gibeah and they fleeing. All right, that's the royal residence. So from the royal residence, they're fleeing away. They're running to a different place. And in this fleeing, he falls and he gets paralyzed. He gets injured and he was carried into the land of Gilead. All right. In the district, it says they found refuge in the house of Maker, uh, Makiro, son of Amiel at Lodabar, by whom he was brought up. So, so he's brought up in a, 
in a different house in the, in the district of Gilead at Lodabar. And um, some years now after David has been king, so, so, so he comes now, remember he made a covenant with Jonathan. And this is now years after because it says after David um, you know, has conquered all the enemies of Israel, suddenly he thinks of the family of Jonathan. And it reminds 2 Samuel 9 verse 3 to 7. He says, and the king said, this is David, is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I might show kindness to God, of God to him? Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan and he's crippled in his feet. And the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel at Lodabar. And the king David sent and brought him from that house of Maker, the son of Amiel at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he said, behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. All right, so that's a bit of history and background. Now, now what is so significant of Lodabar in the Bible? Lodabar, there's, there's a couple of places that the, the scripture references Lodabar in the Bible. But, but Debar means word or thing. Word or thing. And, and the prefix lo is a negator. In other words, it actually, it, Lodabar means no word or no thing. No word or no thing. All right. Uh, another bend all that is, is no pasture. It's postureless. No pasture. Low, no word, no thing. In other words, the name is not complementary to the town. It's a negative. So in English, we'll say in the middle of nowhere. In Afrikaans, we'll say, you know, so it's the middle of, so in other words, he's staying in nothingville. Nothingville, okay? Now there's the law of first mention, whatever, and, and, and Lodabar is first mentioned in connection with Mephibosheth. It's connected with him, the first mention, the son of Jonathan now. And David wants to show kindness to the house of Jonathan and he's seeking and he's saying, hey, and Mephibosheth, he finds out that he's living in Lodabar and he fetches him in. So, so, so Mephibosheth is now actually leaving Nothingville and he's going into the palace. And when he enters the palace, he says that he has restored to him the estate of his father Saul. And everything, and he says, you will eat at my table. You sit at my table. So, so he starts enjoying the benefits of the house. That what surrounds the house, that what, what, what's around the house, he comes and he starts benefiting from that. Lodabar is mentioned in another place, a couple of other places, but the last mention is Lodabar. is a, a prophet from Judah that goes actually to, 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 to the northern kingdom of Israel and he gives judgment or you know, he confronts the sin of the kingdom of Israel. And in Amos 5 verse 4 and 5 we find this. He says, For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel, do not enter into Gilgal or cross over to Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into exile and Bethel shall come to nothing. Now in Hebrew, this was actually a pun well intended. He was actually speaking to them. And he says, seek me 
and live. Because he's confronting now, they were ripe for judgment. And he says, the only way to survive your, your lifeline is that you seek God. That's your lifeline. You have to simply seek the Lord. But he says, but however, you cannot seek him first. You know, or, or you cannot seek the Lord unless they first would not seek places of disobedience. Self-will. Because, you see, Bethel and Gilgal and, and, and all these places, Beersheba was places of significance. But it turned into places of vain worship. They ha- nothing happened. It, it became empty. And we've been speaking about the Lord that's building the house. And unless we build God's pattern, those who labor in labor or build with God, we labor in vain, which is a labor that is a toil that ends up in nothing. An empty thing. And he says that, that we, you, you seek God, but seek Him, not in the places that actually got nothing in store for you anymore. And, and how many of us still today, we sometimes want to see God in the old ways. We want to go back to that what used to work for us. We want to go back and, and you know, do our own way or thinking whatever we think is going to work, our formula or pattern that would be said. That what seems right to us. And God says, no, seek me, but not the way you used to seek me. Bethel, Gilgal, Beersheba, there were places of spiritual heritage. But he says, now it's just vain empty worship that's there. So he says, seek me different. And, and in, the, in the church, in our lives, there's a, there's a, there's a, we're going we're gonna to look at this a little bit, just the Babylonian system. You see, the systems of old, the things that we try, that we do, that wants to take us out of, out of the promise. It actually puts us in exile out of the promise of what God wants to do. That's what I've been saying. We need a new wineskin. We need a new wineskin. With this, there's a new wine, there's a new pour of God, but then we need a new wineskin. We need to understand what He wants to do. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. So God has got a pattern and a specific instruction of how to follow. Not our way, not the religious way or a mold, but in power and in spirit. That's what He wants. So if it's not God's way, we build in vain. So he says, seek me, but not the way you need to seek, the way you used to seek. And then Amos 6, he goes on, he says, Woe to those who are at ease in Zion, and to those who feel secure on the mountain of Samaria, the notable men of the first of nations to whom the house of Israel comes. Pass over to Kalne, and see from there go to Amoth the great. Then go, to, go down to Gath the, of the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms? Or is their territory greater than your territory? Woe to those who lie in beds of ivory, stretch themselves on their couches and eat lambs from the flock, calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp, and like David invent for themselves instruments of music, who drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with finest oils, but you are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph." What happens here is you find the northern and the southern kingdom at war with one another. They're fighting their brothers. And they were supposed to live in peace with one another. And what he says is, that's the mention of Lodabar. He says that you're boasting about your conquest of Lodabar. You're boasting, he says that actually, woe to you are at ease in Zion. What he's saying is this, they started in pride and in, in a pride and in a dull, in indulgence, they sought ease. They sought comfort. 
Yaku shared it this morning in the huddle as well, that how many times we seek the comfort. I want to speak something in the church, and, and not just the church, but you know, in the world, in the church that we find is how often do we go for that which just brings comfort? Something that, you know, we just go for the lust of comfort and luxury. And he speaks to him, he says, you're sitting in all these ivory seats and beds and all these things. You're boasting about Lodabar, but, but your sin is that you, you settle for comfort and the ease. And God says, no, because when we worship God, when we seek God, we need to do it in spirit and in truth. But sometimes we seek that what only pleases our flesh, isn't it? We sing, now we feel good. We've done this. Oh, you know, we, we create atmosphere. But sometimes that's what people come for. The, the vibe was lacquer. And all these things, isn't it? And we've got, a, we've got an appetite for comfort and entertainment for the ease instead of what God wants to do in His Spirit. And He's got a rhetorical play on words. He says that you're boasting about the conquering of Lodabar, but Lodabar means what? No thing, no word. He says that your, your, your boasting is empty. He says, you're boasting. You're so proud of your conquest, fighting with your brothers. But what you've won, your conquest, what you conquered was actually nothing. You conquered nothing. And now therefore, because you, you're fighting and you're conquering actually nothing, you're sitting in your ease and in your comfort, you don't want to turn away from that. I'm coming to visit you. I'm going to judge you. Because you're just interested in that what's pleasing to us. And sometimes we, we come to church, but sometimes it's hard work, isn't it? If you want to see God break open the heavens and, and then we have to sometimes work, but we, we get tired or we want this or we want that because we want the ease and the comfort, isn't it? We want to live in the luxury of our own ease. Just don't ask too much of me. Just don't ask too much. I want the Lord, but you know, don't, don't let it, I, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. I don't want to lose that. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to be there, but I don't really want to pay the price. Isn't it? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, well it, get, it will get better. Isn't it? We want God's glory. We want God's glory, but the glory won't come in our own luxury and our comfort and our ease. Sitting backwards and waiting for Him. No. I say there's certain things that God requires of us. And if we want him, the problem is, is we don't want to build. He says, unless the Lord builds the house, we build. So God has given a pattern and a strategy. He says, I need to be in whatever you do. And if we, the problem is that we don't want to build God's way. All right. We don't want to build with God and we, we want our things. We want to follow the world system, isn't it? We want the quick fix. We want the hype and we want the glamour. We want the numbers. We want all this great vibe, all these things. And you know what we've done? We've comfort and ease. We've abdicated actually our place where God says the glory needs to fill the house. We've abdicated that for things that only satisfies the flesh. And God says, I want to come and fill the house with glory. Because every time the, the example we see is when they gathered, the glory came. And we just say, hey, let's just entertain the flesh. And God says, no. There's a place where they've just lived in their own ease, comfort and flesh. And he says, no, there's a new wineskin, a new outpour. So, so Lodabar means a place of no things. So let's go a bit deeper. So in Samuel, it says that Jonathan, um, Saul's son, had a son who was lame and Mephibosheth. And he went there, um, you know, and stayed at Lodabar. 
Now, I want to speak this morning just a little bit deeper. If it doesn't make sense, let me just say about covering. We've been speaking about that what covers the house. That what covers. So a father is a covering. A father is of such significance in a person's life. You can relate, remember, first in the natural and the spirit, but it's the opposite as well. When we look at the spirit and God, we can see what a natural, what in the natural needs to take place as well. So it's both ways. And, and the origins of Babylon, remember we spoke last week on Abram looking for a city whose foundations was designed and built by God. Come on. Are you with me? So he was looking because he came from a city. The origins of Babylon started with Nimrod. Nimrod means a mighty one who magnifies himself. Mighty one who magnifies. So the beginning of Nimrod's kingdom, he was establishing Babel. Babel, Babel, Babylon. And, And it says that they wanted to build a city. And the city founded by Nimrod was of pride, rebellion, pagan worship, false god, from, from um, monotheism to polytheism. So, so from one god to now suddenly many gods that we can worship. And the self-exactation or, or the equality with God of self. And remember we said they wanted to build a place that's waterproof. They wanted to build a place to say, hey, they didn't believe God is promising I will never send the flood again. They said, now the system of Babylon, the pride and the rebellion, and that one wants to magnify itself, has actually attacked the home by making the voice of the father obsolete. In the home and the society, it has silenced the voice of the father. What do we have today in postmodernism? What we see today is many things of this, isn't it? We don't want the absolute truth. You can have your truth and I can have my truth, isn't it? Whatever blows your hair back. That's what we say is, yeah, they can have my, we don't want to align ourselves. So what we've done is we've, we, we remove the plumb line from the construction of family. God has given us a plumb line and said, this is the way we build. But we've taken that away to say, hey, let's do whatever we want. Whatever is your truth, that's your reality. You can live in that. God says, no, there's a way and a pattern. If I build, this is the way we're going to build. What does Babylon means for, for meaning Christianity? It's interesting because last week, what did we say? Nehemiah, we had a look at Nehemiah that went to build the, restore the city, gates and the walls. And I said, whoever possesses the gate possesses the city. That's a principle. Now, Babylon is derived from the word, the Akkadian word, Babylu, which means gate of God. Gate of God. It's a counterfeit of the city of God that he wants to build. It comes in an opposition because Abram left this place looking for a city whose foundations were designed and built by God. And the word Babylon means gate of God. They wanted to control everything. Come on. You need to see this. He wants to possess the gate so it can possess. And it was opposition to the rule of God. God's way. He said, go and fill the earth. And they gathered and they wanted to build something that is opposing. So it's taking the exile of God's people from the land of blessing to actually a place that's empty. A place that's desolate. Lodabar. Nothing. The, val- the value of a father's voice in your life when there's covering brings stability, it brings management, it brings success 
to the home. We don't negate the role of the mother. She's got a role. And both of us, the father and the mother, has got a role to play. But today what we see is there's a reversal in the roles. There's a role reversal. When there's a role reversal, perversion comes and curses become inevitable. That's what's happening. So a father, you see, disciplines. He's got rules. A mother, she nurtures. We've said this before. Nothing is new to you. A mother nurtures. But if a mother takes on the, the role of a father that actually brings the discipline, she starts nurturing because that's her nature. So she starts nurturing the things she's later going to regret. Because actually it needs to, to, it becomes perverted. And it becomes a curse. And God wants to get things in order. So that's why it says Jesus in Matthew 6, Our Father, our Father, give us our daily bread. Forgive us. Again, it's a we thing, not a me thing. That what he gives to the father, the father gets, he gives to the wife, he gives to the children, and there's a flow. There's a connection. That's relationship. It's family. There's an order and there's a pattern. And that's why he says that what happens, it's first in the natural and then in the spirit. So the natural mirrors the supernatural. And the supernatural can show that we can understand the role of natural fathers. When you transition in life, because we're busy transitioning into something, a father has to be present. A father has to, you see, one of the things that the father brings is covering. It's covering. And we said, and we had a look at this, Ecclesiastics 9.18, wisdom is better, you have to quote it by, by heart now, isn't it? Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. What is wisdom? James, James 3, 17 and 18 says, this is what wisdom is from heaven. It says, wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Then uh, that the NIV, I'm reading from the NIV. It says, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So what he says is it's submissive as well. It's coming under something to submit to a covering that the Father gives us. He says, so wisdom, that covering and the season causes you not to, to, to actually, it causes you to escape the wars and the frustrations that you're not supposed to fight. Weapons of war, he says, seek the wisdom rather than weapons. If we don't have wisdom and the covering, we're going to have to fight a battle. But when we require the, or acquire the wisdom and the covering, he says, then we don't have to fight. I don't know who of you, do you want to fight the whole time or do you want to live in the promise and in the blessing and the provision? Where do you want to be? You see, wisdom connects you to the house and then the covering connects you to inheritance. We need to understand because we said that there's something, that's what the word says, but one sinner destroys all good. Sinner means to miss the mark. Destroyer is the word that says you wander away like a prodigal son. And then he says, so what you do is you, you miss the mark by wandering away and then destroy good. Good means like that basket, that what's around the house. So when you wander away, you actually, the, the word for destroy means this, it's the picture of a tent door that actually closes. So when you wander away, when you miss it, you're actually destroying the entrance to the house. That what you need to take into, into possession. 
your entrance into the house where you can sit at the table and receive an inheritance. He says, you destroy that. So wisdom means that you submit under covering. And he says, then you sow in peace and you will reap a harvest of righteousness. Come on. So, so it means that when, we, when we're out there wondering, what's the prodigal son? He's out there, so there's no covering, nothing covering. So in the natural and the spiritual, let's look at Mephibosheth. When his father and his grandfather died, the nurse, there's no covering. The nurse flees, flees. She runs away with him and he falls and he gets injured, he gets paralyzed. All right, there's no covering. This is what happens. His reproductive capacity is paralyzed. And even though when he comes back and he, he sit at the table, he couldn't produce. You need to understand, maybe I'm talking deep this morning, but you need to, you, you're the most sophisticated crowd I've ever seen. Come on. Ziba and his servants had to work the fields for Mephibosheth so that he could get a harvest, that he could produce because he had to be reliant on others because he didn't have the capacity to produce himself. It caused parallels, or that caused him. I want to tell you when you transition in life, don't transition without a father. Transition means to shift or to, to move or to switch. You see, when you transition without a father, it means that we transition into a place with no word and no thing. It's a double negative. It means you, you, you go to a place that is pastureless. When we transition without a covering. Lodabar means nothingness, curses. Gilead means a rocky place. He lived in a place of nothing. No fruitfulness, a rocky place. You see, no, no word in a place of paralysis, if you don't have a word, no word in a place of paralysis or chaos leads to demonic entities capturing the region. Where do demons stay? Dry places, empty places. If there's no covering, you're at a place of no word, no thing, nothing. You're living in nothingville. But this is the good news. God wants to do something. You see, Mephibosheth came from a dynasty of kings. He was part of that. But he's in a place of nowhere. So here we're going to shift a bit. I want you to hear what God wants to do because he's going to touch you this morning. We're not far from done. But then David comes and he becomes a covering. David comes and, and he takes Mephibosheth into his house under his covering he restores to him his father's estate he restores and upholds the covenant that he made with Jonathan and Mephibosheth starts to live from the blessing and the very thing that covers and surrounds the house that what the house carries one sinner destroys all good that good means when you wander away and you're like a prodigal son, when you're not under covering, you're destroying and you're missing out on that what carries and what covers the house. God wants you to partake in that. This house carries something. This house carries, come on, one amen. That was one, yeah. Okay. This house carries something. And when you're in this house and when you partake, when you're in this covering, you share in this what the house carries. You partake in what this house carries. David is the type of Christ. 
The one thing the Lord wants is the Lord builds family. God has got a place for you. God says the pattern is family. You have to be part of family. Why? You cannot be alone. Why? Inheritance only comes through sonship. If you're a son, you, you only receive the inheritance if you're part of a family. God has a family and you are part of that. You are part of what God is doing. But for a family to work, you need to let God be involved in everything that pertains to your life. God needs, that's why he says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build labor in vain, unless God watches the house, the watchman watching in vain. Why? Because the watchman means we look out. In other words, we place value and we guard and protect that what God places value on. That's our job as a family and as sons in the house. We need to guard and protect what God places value on. God says family. So here's the announcement this morning. God is calling you out of a place of nothingness and barrenness. Come on. God is calling you into fullness and into to his will and to his purpose. You're not in Lodabar anymore. You're not in a place where nothing ends up in your life, where there's just dryness and emptiness. I come to announce this morning that our, our mandate is to be faithful, to be fruitful, to occupy, come on, to multiply. That God says that to be fully effective, to fulfill our mandate, we have to be under the covering of a father. So this house, we are covered. I want to tell you, we stand under covering. We have people that speak into our life. We are submissive. We are submitted to God the Father. But I want to ask you, where do you fit in? Are you in a house? Do you submit to the covering? Are you part of this? Sons sharing the inheritance. So there's something that this house carries. And if you come, then the, the dryness and the emptiness stops. When you come into this place, you start sharing and that what, the, what surrounds the house. That what the house carries. That what is good. You see, a father's inheritance and secrets are shared with the sons, not the, not the servants. That's what the father wants to come. He brings that to the sons. Maybe you felt like, you feel like you fell in your life like Mephibosheth. That you fell and your legs were paralyzed. That you don't have a standing. That you're paralyzed and, and you live like an invalid in your life. I want to speak prophetically this morning. That, that our sin in life was our fall, yes. And we are incapable of walking sometimes in that what God wants us to walk in, in that fullness. Maybe you felt like your, your legs never sit or never set properly. It never developed properly and you're now living in a land of no word and no thing. God wants to touch you and change you this morning. It hit me this, it hit me this that, that God is calling us out of nothingness. And he says, come into that what covers you. Come into a covering and that what surrounds the house becomes your inheritance, your benefit. You partake in that thing. You partake in that. Listen, when, when his nurse flee, she, she ran to Gilead. Does that now, the, the name, does it sound familiar? What are you familiar with Gilead? Hey, the balm of Gilead. He's carried to Gilead means rocky place. Into Lodabar, where there's nothing. But when he came back, David, a type of Christ, 
David, Jesus became the balm of Gilead. And he says, I'm healing the dryness. I'm healing the nothingness in your life. The barrenness, the emptiness. He became the balm of Gilead to restore back. Come on, let's just close our eyes and let's stand. Because God wants to touch you this morning. I want you to just focus on the Lord for a minute. I know that time is walking. But it's okay because we walk by faith. Not by the time. Come on, just close your eyes. Just hear what the Lord wants to do this morning. Because maybe you're stuck in a place of nothingness and when you look, you say, hey, nothing is happening. And you need to invite the balm of Gilead to come this morning and heal the emptiness, the barrenness, the dryness. Maybe you're stuck and you found in a place of Lodabar nothingness. Maybe you're in a place where you say like that, woe to those who live in ease in Zion. That God challenges you to say, hey, don't live for that what brings just comfort and ease, the luxury. But come and seek my ways. Come and seek my will. I want to say to you, you need to be a son in the house. Because the house is your covering. I am a father to you. That what surrounds me surrounds you. That what covers me covers you. The blessing and that what surrounds this house benefits you. I want to tell you, if Babylon has silenced your voice, you need to just come, ask God to restore. Take up that what it requires of you. He says, not Bethel, Bethel and Gilgal and Beersheba. He says, no, seek me. If God says, come and seek me, I want you to be challenged to say, Lord, what way? What is it going to cost me? Then I will come. Let the balm of Gilead bring healing to you today. This is a heart's posture. And while the, the, the music is just going to play in the background, I want you to make this decision in your heart to say, Lord, where do I fit in? The question is, do you want to share in the benefit and that what surrounds the house then you need the covering but then you need to be a son you say Lord I come I follow your way God's building family God is calling you out of barrenness out of that place of nothing no word and no thing I declare over you that the season for no word and no thing is over I declare over you that the balm of Gilead is running over you to restore every dry place, to heal every barrenness, to bring forth life that you belong to the household of God, that He is your Father, and that when you come, you will start benefiting from that which surrounds the house of the Lord. Father, we just come. Come and just start to cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Because we're going to just, we're going to end off, but then we want to pray for people. 
that if there's someone that really needs this breakthrough, we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to anoint you. And we're going to declare over you the season of barrenness. Everything that comes to nothing ends this morning. Come on. Just press in a little bit. Then we're done. Just press in a little bit. Father, we don't want to live anymore in Lodabar in a place with no word in our lives. A place where the enemy just comes and vacates. A place where, where the enemy just comes and he occupies. No, God calls us to occupy. God calls us to come and have a mandate of ruling and reigning and have dominion over. God gave you a place to say be fruitful and multiply and I declare over you that you will be fruitful and that you will multiply that you will not bleed out that you will not be barren anymore that you will not be dry and empty that it will not be a place of habitation for the demonic anymore but it will be a place that satisfies that it will be a place that's under the covering of the Father that it's be a place where you are a son where you share in the inheritance we are not a prodigal anymore where you feel like I'm wandering and nothing is happening away, but that you will come and be part of what God gives you. That He says He makes a, la- a home for the lonely. That God says, I set you in a place. And when I set you in a place, it's so that you are blessed and that you can share in whatever I bring to that house. Father, we just say thank you, Lord. This morning, there's a shift into sonship. There's a shift in our hearts and in our identities of a Father that covers us and that we can share in that. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you all the honor. We know everything that we have comes from you. Nothing that we have is without you. And Father, we declare this morning that we are reliant upon you. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function. So let's build.